Welcome back to Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com and MMAOpinion.uk. I'm your host, Jeremy Brand, and we have an absolutely stacked show for you this week. Um, first up, we'll be chatting with the punk, Josh Thompson. We'll be chatting about his upcoming fight this Saturday night in the main event at UFC on Fox 10 against Benson Henderson. I will then be joined by music producer, the creator of music. This guy's got a lot of things going on. Mikey Ruckus. Uh, You'll want to listen to that interview. Um, And then I'll be joined by UFC 169 fighter, Canadian, um, from uh, Montreal, Canada, John the Bull MacDessie. He's taking on Alan Nougat or Alan Patrick. In the featured fight on Fox Sports 1 at UFC 169 on February 1st. Then I have a special little interview that our very own Callum Leslie did yesterday with uh, Donald the Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, We'll play that for you to to finish off the show. Um, And then we'll come back and, and, and do our little outro. So those are the guests. I'm very excited for this show. But as I said, it's fight week this Saturday night. UFC on Fox 10 goes down. We got a four-fight main card live on Fox. Let's break it down a little. The first fight kicking off the Fox main card is Donald Cerrone versus Adriano Martins. The problem for Cerrone and the rest of the fans out there is that not a lot of people know who Martins is. So he's sort of getting kicked in the balls with this one and I mean, obviously, he doesn't care because a fight's a fight and he's going to get paid. But at the same time, you, you'd think he would get a top-notch opponent. Um, well, I'm not saying that Adriano is not a top-notch opponent, but you know what I mean. A name's name. Next in the featherweight division, we've got Jeremy Stevens versus Darren Elkins. It's going to be a fast-paced, fun match. I could see it going all three rounds. I'm not going to pick a winner. Um, but if it were to be finished, I, I think Stevens would be the one landing the heavy bomb uh, if it were going to finish. But I don't see it going that way. I think it'll go to a unanimous decision or a split decision or whatever. The judges' scorecards will come into effect in this fight. Now the co-main event. Heavyweight division. Gabriel Gonzaga versus Stipe Miocic. It completely boggles my mind i've heard from a lot of people my friends my facebook page my twitter fans my you know everyone out there media it seems like everyone is picking miocic and counting gabriel gonzaga out of this fight and i don't get it gonzaga has been a beast in his past few fights he's won two in a row by ko we saw what he did to Mirko Krokop when people were counting him out. He threw that beautiful high kick out of nowhere and knocked Krokop out to sort of send his career into an uproar. And people knew who he was and they loved him. That's on the feet. Take this guy to the ground and he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He will tap you out. He will submit you. He will choke you. He will do what he does with you on the ground. And that's if he's not beating you up on the ground using his ground and pound to knock you out or finish you. I don't understand why so many people are counting him out of this fight. He's not going to take it to the ground himself. He will finish it on the feet if he has to. But if somehow Miocic gets him to the ground, 
then he's in a whole nother world of pain. So this fight I am going to make a pick for. And I am going to pick Gabriel Gonzaga for the win. Have that, folks. The main event. As I said, we're going to be speaking with Josh Thompson right after this. Um, He's taking on Benson Henderson in what could be his biggest fight of his career. Benson Henderson um, looking unbeatable. Uh, Obviously, he lost in his last fight against Anthony Pettis, and this will be his first showing since that fight. So what do you have? You have two fighters that are looking to reach the top, reach the pinnacle, reach that title shot. Benson Henderson with a win, you never know. He might go and fight Anthony Pettis next. Uh, Josh Thompson was supposed to fight Anthony Pettis, but with the way time frame is working and stuff like that, looks like Anthony Pettis is going to be out for a little while, so these guys might need to fight another fight before getting that title shot. I'm not picking a winner in this one. The winner is the fans, because this fight is going to be amazing. So I've talked enough about this fight card. There are some other fun fights on the card, though. I'll just mention some notable names. Sergio Pettis is in the featured fight on Fox Sports 1 against Alex Caceres. Canadian Eve Jabouin is fighting against Eddie Wineland, which is going to be an amazing fight. Moving down the fight card, we got Darren Cruikshank taking on Mike Rio. Um, Also, making his UFC debut training partner of both Pettis brothers and uh, a Team Rufus sport fighter, Mike Biggie Rhodes, making his UFC debut. He is an RFA champ. That should be an awesome fight. So this Saturday night from the United Center in Chicago, we got UFC on Fox 10. Check it out on UFC Fight Pass for the one prelim card, Fox Sports 1 for the preliminary card, and then the main card kicks off at 5 o'clock Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Enough from me. Let's get right into my first guest. Right after this, we'll be speaking with Josh Thompson. Don't get them girls loose. TJR. Don't get the world loose. Loose. You don't get money. Mr. Worldwide. But I do. I do. You don't get them girls loose. Loose. You don't get the world loose. Loose. You don't get money. But I do. I do. He is known as the Punk, and he will be taking on Benson Henderson in the main event this Saturday night at UFC on Fox 10. Please welcome Josh Thompson to Sucker Radio. Josh, thanks for doing this, bro. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Now, we're mere hours or days away from UFC on Fox 10. Um, What's the one thing this close to the fight that sort of rattles your nerves a little bit? Uh, nothing really. Just trying to make sure I don't do too much. You know, you shadow box a little bit. You know, I get in a couple sprints on the on the treadmill. You know, and uh, I kind of roll a little bit and hit some mitts. You know, so just trying not to do too much. Trying to get, it's better to be going over rested than uh, than done too much the week of the fight. Definitely. Now, in in your UFC return, your last fight, you beat Nate Diaz in highlight reel fashion, and won knockout of the night honors. It surprised a lot of people that you were able to finish Diaz and, and stop him in the fashion that you did. Did it? Did you surprise yourself at all with that? Yeah, I mean, I, re- I really had planned out the fight in so many different ways. And, uh, I mean, I, I, my intentions were to actually land a couple of good head kicks given the fact that he leans that way. But, um, you know, given how tough he is, that was that was one thing I didn't think. I didn't, I didn't see that happening in any, any of the scenarios that I had played out in my head. Now, I don't want to harp on negative at all, but going back to your last loss, 
It would have been three-fight win streak in a row if that decision against Gilbert Melendez did end up going your way. Um, do you think that, that a three-fight win streak would have made a difference with where you're at in your career today? Uh, possibly, but, I mean, realistically, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I've, even if I would have won that fight, let's just say I would have went in and fought Benson next, next instead of Gilbert, so you really don't know what would have happened. The Nate Diaz fight would have never happened. Who knows, you know? Um, I don't live my life off of what could have shown us kind of thing, you know? Definitely, and, and this next question is sort of pushing that way a little bit as well, but you were expected to have a title shot at the end of last year. How do you feel about going from having a title shot to having to face Henderson and maybe even TJ Grant afterwards to get back into that title picture? Uh, how would you feel about it? Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it would yeah, suck. Exactly. But do you, do you th- <laughs> go ahead? You can't, you can't worry about that stuff. You know, it, it's a, it's a sport, and things like this happen. And you know what? Like I, I've had a great career. I'm not too concerned about it, to be honest. Um, everything's been great. Um, if I ended my career tomorrow, I'd be happy. So. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not tripping. Awesome. Now, this bout um, with Benson Henderson is a big stepping stone for you. Um, you fought some of the biggest names in the sport of MMA. Um, obviously, we said Nate Diaz. We've, you've got like tons of fights with Strikeforce back in the day. How do you think this fight stacks up against all of those? Um, you know, it's going to be a tough one, man. I mean, I, I anticipate a really tough fight. You know, and um, we'll just see what happens. It's You really can't compare them all until after the fight, you know, and uh, I mean, I'm just expecting a really tough fight. Now, Henderson's looked pretty much unbeatable until he stepped into the cage against Anthony Pettis. It was a quick fight, but what, if anything, did you learn from that bout when you watched it? Uh, you really can't take much from that type of fight. Um, you know, I want to call it a fluke, but it's just one of those things where everything happens so fast that there's not much you can take from the fight. You know, um, the only thing I did take was I felt like Benson put a lot of pressure on himself to get the takedown. You know, when he didn't get it, he kind of put him in a weird position. I think he started kind of doubting himself a little bit. So that was the only thing that I, that I could really take from the fight, you know? Yeah, you, you a couple of weeks back, you publicly said to MMA Junkie Radio that this was possibly your worst camp ever. You said you were focused, then you fell out of focus. Why was your head not fully into this camp? Um, I mean, it, the camp was so long, you know. I mean, I started the camp October 2nd, you know, training for Pettis. I took a week off in between there, and then now, you know, I finished off this full camp, you know, training for Benson. So I was trying to put this in perspective for some people uh, yesterday that I was doing some interviews with. The NFL season started September 5th. I started this camp October 2nd. I fight one week before the Super Bowl. Okay, so that means that I've been training the whole time the NFL season's been going on. The NFL players, they do one padded practice a week, and then they do meetings and walkthroughs and things like that on their game plans. I do two padded practices a day for six days a week. So I've been getting punched and kicked and everything for about 15, 16 weeks. So it's it's just a long camp, you know. When you start, when you start putting in that type of mentality and getting people to understand that, it's been a long, it's been a long time. You hear NFL players complain about it all the time. So it's just been a long camp, you know, and then, you know, your lack of mo- it's not lack of motivation. What it is is that you hear fighters talk about getting peaking, you know, too soon. And so what happened was, you know, in a long camp like that, I've peaked and I've had to dial it back, and then I've peaked and had to dial it back. So when you do that, you're constantly wondering, okay, did I dial back too much? Am I going to peak again? Am I, I going to be able to peak on time? 
Um, you know, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to underdo it. So that's the only thing. Normally in an eight-week, you know, a straight eight-week or ten-week camp, you're usually peaking like right around the same time that you know that you normally have for your whole career. So you've got it dialed in. But when it's such a long uh, camp, that's when you start having problems. Do you have a mental coach? Because that that definitely sounds like it would weigh on you mentally. No, I think really what it is, I spend I spend the last week just really mentally preparing. And a lot of that has to do with when your body is run down, like when you feel tired, you know, you got to figure 15 weeks. You hear um, NFL players, basketball players, baseball players, they talk about it all the time. The season, oh, excuse me, <laughs> the season is so long, I'm sorry, but the season is so long that, you know, they, they just, I can't say that they lose the, the motivation, that they just really try to stay focused on it. And as as their body breaks down, they start to kind of just, uh, you know, like they, they just they. It it really is just start. It's hard to stay focused for such a long period of time. So you'll see, you'll hear guys like, "Hey, I took the weekend off," or "Oh, I took a couple of practices off," whatever it is, or you missed practice. It's just trying to just. It's really just trying to get your body rejuvenated. And as your body gets rejuvenated, you get rehydrated. You get more food in you. Um, your mental state changes significantly. You know, I mean, that's why they say like, if, if someone gets lost in the woods and as they start to, you know, kind of, you know, um, they kind of get dehydrated, they don't have food, you know, or they just get run down. Their mind starts trying to play tricks on them. You know, they don't they don't feel as confident. Am I doing things right? Am I doing this right? And that's kind of the scenario that you're in. I think as an athlete, when you're when you're pushing your body that hard for so long. So, you you know, this last week for the fight, it's just preparation. Um, to uh, to really get your mind focused, get get plenty of food in you, get rehydrated, you know, and rest up, and then that as that happens, your confidence starts to grow. Now let's speak about mentality a little bit more. You're coming into this bout as a plus two twenty five underdog in Vegas. Obviously, you're the main event. So mentally, is it better to come into this as an underdog so that the pressure isn't on you as much? Yeah, I don't think I've ever come in as a favorite, so I'm not really too concerned about that. Uh, I think every time I fought Gilbert, even when I was a champion, I think I was an underdog. So, um, you know, and the same thing with Nate, I was an underdog. You know, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever come in as a favorite, so I'm not really too concerned about those type of things. How does Josh Thompson finish Benson Henderson at UFC on Fox 10 this Saturday night? You know, I'm in, I'm anticipating a five round fight, so it's going to be. I would like to get a finish. I really can't tell you how it's going to all happen, you know. Um, you know, like I said, I played the scenario over and over in my head with the Nate Diaz fight and never saw it happening that way, you know. And so I really just go out there and I fill it out. I'm kind of a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy, <laughs> you know, and just uh, let the fight come to you and just try and dictate where it goes, you know, as it's coming to you. So uh, I really couldn't tell you exactly where it's going to end up and how it's going to get finished and, and everything, so... I'm just going out there and trying to put on, a good, put on a good show. Let's move away from the fight a little bit. Take yourself back to UFC 44 when you first made your UFC debut. And now that you're back with the organization, what have you seen in your mind that has really revolutionized this company? Oh, man. <laughs> the list is long, man. There's so many different things that have changed since I was there in UFC 44. But... um you know, I mean, just overall, just I mean, the star power is huge. You know, the 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 PR monster just the, behind it. You know, I mean, 
I mean, I try to give people examples of, you know, I got picked up at the airport at my first fight by Bert, uh, who <laughs> everyone knows runs basically the back of the UFC now, like, you know, the show itself. In the back, he runs the fighters, gets everybody on deck, all that stuff. Well, back then, I mean, he picked me up at the airport, you know, and brought me to, you know, brought me to the, brought me to the UFC office, and, you know, I signed in, and now we sign 130 or 150 posters, you know, for fans. Back then, I think we signed 10, you know, so... <laughs> Just so many things have happened, and just I would say overall, it's just the PR machine. They've done such a great job, you know, in the PR um, department, and just they're, they're they're just a powerhouse when it comes to that. And I think it shows, and that's what helped build their brand. The company itself has changed, yes. What about the fighters that you're facing these days? Well, I mean, just they're from everywhere now. I mean, you know, before there was like you had a couple from Brazil, you had you know you had a couple from Japan. You know, it was. Uh, it was a mixed bag of, you know, but we all knew where they came from. We wherever had a show, I mean, Brazilians always had show, you know, the uh, Valitudo in, uh, in Brazil, and the Japanese had Pride, you know, and, you know, then we had some fighters from, you know, Canada and some fighters from the U.S., but there really was no other fighters from really anywhere else. Um, you know, I don't even think the U.K. had any fighters, maybe one, maybe two. Um, you know, Russia, you know, you had Vucenshin and those guys way back when. But, um... You just had a hand, like maybe like one or two, you know, people from other countries. Now, I mean, they're from everywhere. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really matter. I mean, you have like, you know, Khabib, you know, he's from Russia, from Dagestan. You know, they've got a whole little, you know, crew over there that's just really putting in a lot of good work and you know coming over and doing really good things here in the UFC as well. So, I mean, from all around the world, I mean, it's just it's the fighters have changed dramatically. You mentioned that I wasn't even going to ask you about that, but you mentioned Khabib. Talk to me about that a little bit. Do you what do you think about the whole situation of everyone turning down fights with him? Do you do you think that's really the case, or do you think it's it's who the UFC doesn't really want to fight put up against him? You know, I really can't speak on that. I really don't know what fighters have been offered, and you know, and um, he is a very tough fight for a lot of people. Um, I can understand why. You know, a lot of people don't want to fight him, but. Um, you know, I think the name of the game is just you got to get in there and fight. So it'll be interesting to see who does step up and fight him. Yeah, yeah. I, you versus him would be an interesting fight. Unfortunately, the time frame doesn't really work out. <laughs> well, the fact that we both train together kind of makes it a little bit more difficult as well. Yeah, so you wouldn't fight a teammate? Well, no, I mean, like, we've, I've talked about this, and we talked about this in, in, uh, in AKA. You know, um, I'm not going to. I definitely wouldn't find a teammate on my way to the title, but if one of us had the belt, I would consider it. Um, I would definitely be interested. I'm not say interested. I would definitely consider fighting that person because you're, it, it is life changing and life altering, um, you know, having the title. So, um, really realistically, you're kind of taking away from that person his opportunity to live his dream and support his family on a whole different level. So, if I was the champion, then I, I definitely wouldn't, I would definitely wouldn't take that away from him by telling him no you know, because we're friends is what happened now you've been yawning a lot during this interview um what's going through your head right now are, are you are you gonna go have a nap after you do this little uh media run here or, or are you jam-packed for the rest of the day no i'm pretty jam-packed for the rest of the day i've been pretty busy since i got here so um no i just uh, i'm still getting used to the chicago time change and um you know i was up a little bit late last night until about one o'clock just uh laying in bed looking at the ceiling so just trying to get some rest and um 
you know, you guys are scheduled at 9 a.m., so <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> exactly. Now, finally, we do a thing at MMASucker.com called Fight Music. Just give me an artist or a band and a song that really gets you pumped up right now to punch someone, actually Benson Henderson, in the face. Oh, man, I mean, really don't know, but you have to, you know, are you going to the show? I'm not going to be at the show, but I will be watching it live. Oh, you will be watching it live? Have you ever been to, to um, have you ever been to the United Center? I have not been to the United Center. I'm from I'm from Vancouver, but uh, you know we have this huge rivalry against the Blackhawks. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I'm a I'm a Sharks fan, so we uh, we like to smash you guys too. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, honestly, like whatever song comes, I mean, I, I'm gonna be coming. Out, I come out to different songs every time, so it really is whatever kind of favors me at that you know at that time. But um, you know. Uh, you know, honestly, there's different parts of different songs that I like, but um, I like um, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, like the last the last probably two minutes of it really gets me going. He is the punk Josh Thompson. He will face off against Benson Henderson in the main event at UFC on Fox 10 this Saturday night. Josh, thank you very much for taking the time this morning to do this, and good luck this Saturday. All right, thank you. Josh Thompson. Looking to get himself up that pivotal ladder in one of the deepest divisions in the UFC, the lightweight division, with a big victory over Benson Henderson this Saturday night at UFC on Fox 10. Tough fight for him, but you know, and many fans are counting him out, obviously, but you can't count the punk out as we've seen against some of his past opponents, Nate Diaz, that big highlight reel knockout. Um, also his, in both fights against Gilbert Melendez, the second one being controversial split decision. So you can't count this guy out. Um, coming up right after this, I will be chatting with Mikey Ruckus, who is, um, bringing this sort of cool tour, um, alongside some of the upcoming UFC events. So listen up, this is an interview you're going to want to hear. So Mikey Ruckus, right after this. Get jazzy on I'm that flight that you get on International First class seat on my lap, girl Riding comfortable Cause I Joining me on the line right now is a man who is making history in the mixed martial arts world. He is known as Mikey Ruckus. Mr. Ruckus, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me on, Jeremy. How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Sounds like you're uh, in the midst of, you told me before we got on the air here that you're traveling down the East Coast. It's a bit of a blizzard right now kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, so we don't usually get, our snow is always hit and miss every year, and we're, we're getting pounded right now, so it's not something that, uh, that I was looking forward to, and anytime they call for it, I always, uh, I don't expect it to happen, but it's, it's hitting right now, so we'll, we'll see how this whole thing plans out. No kidding. Now, let's get right into it. You're known for your music. How did you get into the music scene, not in mixed martial arts right now, just in general? What got you into the music scene, and how old were you when that all sort of came about? Yeah, so, I mean, I started started uh, fooling around with instruments and stuff like that when I was maybe 12, 13 years old. Uh, right when I got into high school, 
they offered a guitar class and uh you know i have been brought up on all different types of, of music i was i was a hip-hop head originally old school hip-hop and then of course as uh as rock music started to take take shape in the late 80s into the early 90s i started listening to a little bit of everything and uh this guitar class was offered in in high school and i remember taking the class there's probably like 30 people in this class and you had your group of guys that all really knew how to play guitar really well and didn't want to associate themselves with anybody else. And you had another group that was all the wannabes that just wanted to kind of learn Metallica covers. And you had two people that actually wanted to learn something. That was me and one other girl. So <laughs> I went in there. I learned the very, very basic minimum of what to do in terms of scales and stuff like that. And I just started practicing on my own. And uh, I studied jazz for the next three years in high school. That's where I learned how to play the drums the bass and then and just furthered my uh my guitar experience and then after that i just it was something that i just kind of delved into um you know i, I love the technicality of, of the entire aspect and learning all aspects of all instruments and uh, it just kind of grew and grew uh i started doing some work on uh, an independent uh, hip-hop label doing some production stuff like that on the side uh, I, of course that branched into uh small uh small gigs with uh tv film and video games and little concepts and, and pilots and pitches and things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to take that conventional route that a lot of artists, a lot of bands take. You know, I had done it for a little while, uh, but it's really, really tough when, you, you know, you put your own little DV, your, your demo together or CD and you're, you're out there and you're passing it out amongst as, as many people as you can, uh, but that only takes you to a certain level. You know, and I really wanted to, uh, I wanted to find a different aspect of that. You know, and of course, after high school, I ended up getting married and having kids and going to work right away. And I continued to do music. And in the last three years or so is really when I found my niche. Nice. Now, um, we hear, you know, artists being played with mixed martial arts walkout songs, things like that. What made you get in to the mixed martial arts music scene then? You, you talked about coming out from this uh, high school music scene and music band. You were the hardcore or not hardcore, but, you know, the old-school hip-hop uh, guy. Now you got mixed martial arts. There, You don't see many musicians sort of move this direction. Right, and, you know, I have been following, uh, I have been following MMA since 96, and, uh, you know, I can remember seeing the first ones on, on VHS tape. You know, you'd go to the local blockbuster or the movie store and rent the, uh, rent the Ultimate Fighting Championship 1 or 2 or whatever like that. And, of course... As a kid growing up, before that, I was a huge pro wrestling fan, so the entrances were always a big deal to me. Uh, sometimes the entrances were even bigger than the actual matches themselves. You, you, you really saw a character that way. And uh, I, I continued to follow MMA, and then as, as it got bigger, I always noticed that opportunity. Uh, the walkouts, for me, I always thought were kind of downplayed a little bit. You know, a lot of times a fighter will pick a song that they think is cool, but at the same aspect you can pick a song that actually sells yourself and tells your story to the masses when they listen. So I just saw an opportunity there and it was something that I could do to combine both things that I love and that's uh, music and mixed martial arts. So what sets you apart from other, so some of the other folks out there doing, I mean, we said that there's not many out there doing what you're doing, but what's setting you apart? Yeah, and there are some that are out there that, that do it, and I can tell you right now, the one thing that sets me apart from anybody else is the music that I do for, for my clients and, and fighters and companies around the world. It's a 100% client-based approach. 
do you have some that'll go out there and say they make walk-on music for fighters or, or theme music for companies? But what they do in essence is they'll create their own music and put out their own album, and then they'll try to push their songs off on other fighters. I don't do that. So I'll approach a fighter, and I'll say, you tell me what type of music you want. You tell me the story that you want conveyed. You tell me exactly what it is that you want from A to Z. It can be any style. It can be any arrangement. It can have any lyrical content, you know, and, and I'll work all of that in. So it's a, it's a very interactive uh, process from A to Z. They get to hear the, the music in the sample phase. Uh, they get to tell me what they like, what they feel like needs to be changed, and I fine-tune it. And, uh, you know, since then, that's, that's pretty much what separated me from everybody else doing this. You know, there have been, there's actually been some that have emailed me asking me if they can make music for me or, <laughs> you know, those kind of things. So it's kind of weird how those things kind of cross how they cross paths and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely I'm 100% customized and, uh, you know, it's a client based approach. And, you know, it's one of those things that I don't take, uh, I don't take criticism personally. Uh, there's a lot of artists out there that are very protective over their music and over their craft. And that's okay. You know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm in a situation though, where I want to make sure that the client is 100% satisfied with the end result. So they could tell me, you know, I could send them a sample. And if they tell me that this is the, the biggest piece of garbage they'd ever heard, then fine, we'll start over again. I mean, I've never had that happen. But, you know, I just, I, I want to make them, I want them to know that, you know, it's okay. You know, they can tell me exactly what they think, what they're feeling, what they feel like they want added in. And I get that, the response all the time. You, you know, I've never had anybody do this. I've had people that have tried to work with us before and we give them pointers and tips and they get offended or they say, this is this and you take it or leave it kind of thing. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that this, this finished product is, uh, is what their brand is supposed to represent. Which is awesome, and I, I definitely think that sets you apart. I think the thing that sets you apart a little bit even more is that you're not just based on these fighters. I know you've done music, you've done the walkout music for fighters, but you've also done music for, say, the beginning and intro music for podcasts as well and radio shows. Absolutely, and I've you know I've done a little bit of that. I've done uh, same music for uh, some of your some of your different uh, mixed martial arts uh, promotions and things like that. So yeah, I, mean, I I try to stay as open as possible. I'll, whenever there's an opportunity and somebody reaches out, I'm always open and willing to work with them. Uh, you know, I, I created the theme song for Invicta Fighting Championships last year. Uh, they still use it to this day. They use it a lot of the uh, during the uh, the interview. Uh, segments uh, prior to the fights and stuff like that. They use it in their ending credits. Uh, I've made music for Legacy Fighting Championships out in Texas. Uh, Cage Warriors Fighting Championships over in the UK and, you know, they have their shows that are uh, broadcast on MMA Junkie and stuff like that and, and uh, some of the other platforms. And, uh, yeah, I just try to keep things as open as possible and uh, anybody that's looking for music, uh, I, I do the best that I can to work with them on that. The way I see it, every single fighter, every single company that is in this industry has a story to tell one way or the other. Either it's a personal story of triumph, either it's a, a, a story of what they want their brand to be represented as or anything along those lines. And I'm there to help produce that. It's just as important as their physical logo, you know, because while that music is playing, if their physical logo isn't present, uh, the listener actually brings the identity and makes the connection between the music and the brand. Now, we didn't just bring you on the show to sort of give us a bio of, of who Mikey Ruckus is. We brought you on the show to discuss this tour that you're doing alongside some upcoming UFC events. I'll just open the floor to you right now and, and let you explain to our listeners what it's all about. 
Absolutely. So what we've done over the last three years, I've amassed a client base of over 150 clients. I've uh, created over 200 theme songs uh, just in the last three years within the mixed martial arts industry. And I felt like now was the time to, to take it out and go abroad and actually scale it a little bit. And, and we're putting on the Mikey Ruckus Fight Music Tour of 2014. Um, you know, it's a three-part tour. So the first part, we'll travel alongside UFC uh, pay-per-view events within the United States. Uh, and we'll set it up in that same market that they're having an event. We put the event on and time it after the weigh-ins on the Friday prior to the actual event itself. Capture that fight week festivity type energy. And uh, more than just a live show, we have vendors, we have live radio broadcasts, and we have UFC stars in attendance. So that's uh, part one. Part two would be conventions and expos. Uh, you know, to reach a combat sports fan base on a much broader scale, uh, get out there, have our booth set up. I'll talk to, uh, I'll talk to athletes about, uh, custom music. I'll be selling merchandise on behalf of the sponsors that support me, you know, those things like that. And then we have, uh, the third part, which is other select MMA appearances, um, where I would select, uh, specific promotions to work with. And we do, you know, like little pre-fight festivities, uh, leading up, uh, you know, like fan giveaways. Um, Twitter, Twitter giveaways, things like that, perform the national anthem to start the event and, uh, and have another uh, table there just to be out there and connect with the fans on more of a personal level. We just felt like it was time to actually get out from behind, uh, the computer and really start hitting the fan base in a more personal fashion. Uh, our first show was actually, uh, UFC 169 pre-fight party in Pequot, New Jersey. Uh, that's about 10 to 15 minutes northwest of the Prudential Center where UFC 169 is being held. That's actually during Super Bowl weekend. Uh, our confirmed guest for that first show is uh, Frankie, uh, Frankie Edgar and uh, Uriah Hall. And I've actually partnered with uh, MMA Signatures, who is a, a memorabilia company who specializes in signed and exclusive uh, fight memorabilia, autograph pictures and things like that. We put this first event together. And uh, we're looking at a, a great turnout. We've had a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people that have been, uh, you know, that have, that have expressed interest in, in, uh, in supporting us and being involved with us. And this thing has already started to, be, uh, started to build momentum uh, in terms of what we've got planned on for first quarter going into second quarter of 2014. I mean, we're going to be, you know, 31st, we're going to be UFC 169 in Jersey. The following week, I'm going to be at the MMA Evolution Expo in San Jose, California. Uh, March the 14th, the, the weekend, the Friday prior, we're looking at UFC 171 in Dallas. We're looking at the Deluxe Entertainment Expo in Mount Clemens, Michigan, March 28th through 30th. Uh, the Europa Games Expo, uh, uh, April the 11th and 12th in Orlando. And then, of course, in that same week, you've got the UFC on Fox Brown versus Verdum in Orlando as well. And then we're looking at UFC 172, Jones versus Teixeira, uh, over April 25th weekend. So we've already, we've already got these places that we're mapping out. And uh, the, the hype is really beginning to build. The momentum is beginning to build. And we're really looking at putting this thing on the map to where this time next year, our pre-fight party will be the, the destination for not only fight fans, but fighters who may be on the card, who have just made weight and they want to rehydrate and they want to come hang out, or if they have cornermen and teammates that want to come out, you know, and just, just make it a big part of the actual week itself. This sounds like it, it could be opening up doors to new fans to mix martial arts as well, because um, you being from the music scene could could sort of open those th those doors to those fans as well. Absolutely, and there's a lot of things that we've already got planned. Like I've had uh, 
I've had a lot of different musical acts from different markets already email me uh, about wanting to take part. I've had uh, sponsors that I I'd never had any idea that, that they would be interested in, in different companies that have reached out and said, hey, you know, what can we do to be a part? Uh, I, I wish I could discuss some of that stuff now, but like literally I got some emails today that have just blown my mind. So it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting how this whole thing takes shape over the course of this year. And uh, definitely, whatever we want to do is anything that we do, we want to make sure that we are helping to grow the sport. We're helping to increase the, the fan experience for the, uh, for the fans that come out and uh, just give an overall more energetic atmosphere and capture that time and that space just after the weigh-ins leading into the next night for the fights. Why do you think um, someone else hasn't come up with this concept? Uh, well, I mean, it could be a lot of different reasons. You know, musicians themselves, you know, everybody looks at, you know, the, the charts. Everybody looks at, you know, uh, what's big in radio today. And, and the music industry is a very, very tough industry, especially when you're trying to, to sell and make money music-wise, uh, selling songs and selling, you know, downloads and things like that. You know, in this day and age, it's so easy to get music for free. Uh, you know, it, it kind of leaves people in a stump. What I've decided to do is uh, I've tried to take uh, the, different, the different aspects in MMA that I've learned over the course of the last three years, because I've done stuff, you know, I've, I've sold on behalf of other companies, uh, sold merchandise. I've done sponsorship acquisition and bout agreements for other fighters and stuff like that. So just taking all of those aspects of the game that I've learned over the last couple of years along with my music and just combining it. I mean, it's no secret that music is, very, is a very integral part of uh, especially UFC fan experience as well. And I don't know if you've ever been to a UFC event, but literally in the building, they put on an event like, like no other promotion out there. You know, I've actually been in the building when my walkout music is played uh, for fighters walking out to the cage. And it's a surreal thing for me personally. And uh, just hearing that music go through me. But I mean, they really, they really put on that experience, really cranked it. It's almost like a brick wall type uh music it's like your your whole entire body is just caught up in it you know we want to just we want to add to that we want to be able to uh to capitalize on that you know as for why other people haven't decided to do it before i don't know there like like you and i were discussing a, a few minutes ago there's not a lot of people in this field uh they don't maybe they don't see the opportunity that i see uh but of course my job in all this is to educate not only the the fighters but the fans and the other companies that are looking to get involved in something like this and show them that there is an opportunity to take this entire thing to a whole new level in terms of fight week, in terms of fan experience, and just in terms of atmosphere and really generating uh, not only business partnerships, but revenue for, for everybody. And everybody, everybody, uh, you know, everybody wins. Uh, the fans are happy and everything like that. So, yeah, this is what we're all about, and this is what we're going to go after. Now... You you spoke a few minutes ago that you you wanted you, the reason for this is you wanted to step out from behind the computer and give that fan experience. We've seen your name on the scene for some time now. What took so long for you to come up with this idea and actually bring it to the forefront? Yeah, well, we were we we've had this idea in in the works for a while. We were just waiting for the timing to be right. Um, a lot of scheduling. There was a lot of scheduling in place. We had to make sure the finances were in place. We had to make sure we had the right backing, we had the right sponsors, and you know we had the uh, the right people involved to launch this thing. Um, it, it's been uh, it's been an interesting ride, and I wanted to make sure that before I even ventured out there, 
I wanted to make sure that my my name and my personality as an MMA personality, quote unquote, was viable. That people understood who I was and recognized who I was. You know, so I, I started visiting some of the MMA events. Uh, you know, I was in WSOF. Uh, six in October down in, in Miami, Florida, and people recognized me. You know, people came up to me, and, I, and at that point, I kind of, I kind of figured, okay, now that now the time has has come because you can only you only have theory until you actually go out there and test the theory. So we, we tested the theory in multiple markets this year, and uh, we we had some good responses and we had some good feedback, and we just felt like the timing was right. 2014 was the year of visibility for the Mikey Ruckus brand, and and that's what we're going to do. We're going to go, uh, we're going to tuck our tent and just push forward and try to gain as much momentum as possible. I kind of think of the, uh, the juggernaut effect. You know, juggernaut starts running and, and crashing through walls and you get to a point where he can't stop. So, you know, that's what we're looking at. That's fantastic. Now, let's talk about your music. You've done tons of walkout fi- songs for fighters, as you said. Which was the fi- your, your favorite project that sort of runs through your mind that you've worked on in the past little while? Uh, let's see, my favorite one. I would have to say, just hands down, there's there's two of them. Um, you know, but the one that that really sticks out, that really I think personified uh, customized music was the walkout song that I made for Colin Freakshow Fletcher when he fought Mike Ricci UFC 158. Uh, you know, he messaged me and said he wanted something. He wanted a dubstep style uh, with like freaky carnival music and that kind of thing. And, you know, I've done all styles. I do the rock. I do the hip-hop. I do the hybrid. Uh, I do the cinematic stuff. Um, you know, any any of that stuff, You whatever the client wants is what I'll create. This one just seemed to kind of come together, and it came together really quick, and it just turned out to be a gem, and, you know, we released it. And I was literally, I was getting emails from all over the world, all over, especially Europe, and people were just blowing me up, wanting to know where they could get the song and how they thought it just absolutely personified the freak show character, you know, and to me, that's what really makes it really makes it, uh, makes it great. And then of course, um, the Invicta FC Adam Wade champion, Michelle Watterson, uh, she, she wanted a, a walkout song and I created one for her and she used it the night that she actually took the title from Jessica Penney, uh, and Invicta FC five. So that was a good night as well. And, you know, we had a discussion afterwards. She said, just hearing that music when I stepped out, just took me to a completely different level. And, uh, you know, when you hear those things, when you hear the fighters, you know, come back to you and say, you know, you really told my story. You know, I, I get, you know, stories where people have, have sat at home and cried and their wives are crying, you know, they're, they're, you know, because their story is just encapsulated in a song that, that really touches them on a very personal level. And then when they hear those things walking out to the cage, it revitalizes them and reminds them why they're doing uh, what they do. You know, we hear that all the time, fighters they deal with all these emotions at the last second, you know, even Rashad Evans, you know, he said things like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? You know, it's the most uncomfortable feeling. Brian Stan says it's the most uncomfortable feeling, you know, getting locked in a cage with another person. So being able to create that atmosphere for them as they come down to the cage, it just helps to take them to another plane. And yeah, so those would be my two favorites, but of course, Colin Fletcher and then Michelle Watterson. Nice. Now that that's awesome to hear that, you know, the, they love it. They love what you're doing for them. So what are the future projects? I mean, do you have any fighters that you're working with right now, or is the tour taking up all of your free time? 
Uh, I, I wish I could say the tour was taking up all of my free time, but uh, it's taking up all of my free time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm still working on music. I've got quite a few projects, as, by, uh, as a matter of fact. So uh, just recently, we finished the Enlisted Nine Fight Music album. Enlisted Nine Fight Company is, is owned by uh, Dan O'Brien and, and Colton Smith, who is the Ultimate Fighter Season 16 winner. Uh, it's their apparel company. We put together an entire fight music album that was based uh, based on uh, military. Uh, we, we got together, we put that one together, and we're actually working on a follow-up album. Uh, that's in production now. I'm actually working on two other full fight music albums for two other companies as well. So rather than just a couple of walkout songs here and there, I've got probably 30 or 40 tracks that I'm working on simultaneously right now across uh, multiple uh, companies. And then, of course, I just spoke with uh, Juliana Pena last night, and uh, I'm actually going to be creating a walkout song for her for her fight at UFC 171. And who knows, we may even perform it live at the pre-fight party the night before. So that's another thing that we want to throw in there. It'd be pretty cool. You know, you, you make a song for a fighter, you know they're going to be fighting on the card. Performing that song live the night before just really kind of sets it off, and then hearing it in the arena the next night just kind of it's like the ice on the cake. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's aside from the media stuff and the securing venues and other markets and, uh, and sponsorship acquisition and, and rehearsing, we're still recording. I'm still putting together music for, for other fighters and other promotions and stuff like that. So it's extremely uh, busy. And add to that, I have eight kids. Uh, I'm married. I have eight children. My oldest is 18. My youngest is 10. And, uh, you know, we're full steam ahead. My goodness. The passion behind you is amazing, my friend. It's it's so it, it it it's so it, I feed off of that passion and and it makes me just want to do even more and more and more. Now before I let you go, just let people know where they can find out more about Mikey Ruckus and obviously these upcoming tour dates that you guys have planned. Absolutely. So you can actually you can catch me pretty much anywhere, any social media platform. I'm there, Mikey Ruckus, Twitter, Mikey Ruckus. To check out the walkout music that I've done and all the music for my entire client roster, you can go to soundclick.com slash Mikey Ruckus. That's soundclick, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-I-C-K.com slash Mikey Ruckus. To purchase tickets to our UFC 169 pre-fight party in Paquan, New Jersey, Friday, January 31st, you can go to MMASignaturesUSA.com. That's MMASignaturesUSA.com. We have three tiers of pricing. We have general admission, VIP, and VIP Ultimate. The VIP pass will get you exclusive uh, uh, fighter meet and greet off to the side. You'll get to meet the fighters in general admission. You'll get a special meet and greet off to the side with VIP. VIP Ultimate includes a fighter meet and greet and a dinner, uh, full dinner, soft drinks included. Uh, so you can get all that at MMASignaturesUSA.com. Uh, and check, you can check all over. We're going to have our tour dates that are going to be listed as they uh, become available. Um, I want to give a shout-out to some of the sponsors, uh, Enlisted Non-Fight Company. Uh, we've got Team ML, ML Management Group, Born to Bang Athletics, Bose Kennels, Training Mass, CP Technology, uh, Knights of the Octagon Radio, uh, MMA Institute, MMA Signatures, Rosary and Little, PC, uh, Attorneys at Law, Left Hook Entertainment, and AMA Fight Club. All of these people have gotten together and joined together to support me in this tour. This is going to be massive. It's starting off right now, and it's already building momentum, and I can't wait to see where we're going to be from one show to the next. Man, oh, man, you're giving me goosebumps just talking about this, dude. <laughs> That's aw awesome. It, it is awesome, and I'm excited to possibly, I, I mean, I hope to come to one of these shows sooner or later. Hopefully, when the UFC comes back up here to Canada, maybe we can see you across the border doing a show up here for us uh, Canadian folks, which would be awesome, man. 
Absolutely. We've actually had, uh, had somebody ask me that, uh, I want to say about a week ago. Um, we're waiting for the timing to be right. Right now, with the budget being as small as it is, we're not going to be in Vegas anytime soon. Uh, but once the, once the numbers start to come into line, we'll be in Vegas and we'll be in Canada. We just want to make sure that we're doing everything to a point where it makes sense uh, financially. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go for it, man. And we're going to be there soon. And hopefully by the end of 2014, we will be. Thanks a bunch for doing this, Mike, and, and all the best on the tour and UFC 169 kicking this thing off. Jeremy, thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. All right. If that didn't inspire you, I don't know what will. This guy, his passion, as I said during the interview, his passion rubs off right onto you. It, it, it was something, some kind of amazement this guy has. Uh, taking these tours that he's, that he's planning and, and following the UFC is, is something that one person can only dream of, and, and he's actually turned it into a reality. So I'm hoping one day that that I'll get to go check one of these things out because it sounds like it's going to be a blast not only as a fan, but for everyone around, it, it sounds like it's going to be a bunch of fun. So check out the first one going down at UFC 169 right after the weigh-ins. Uh, check that one out. Uh, you can check out all his stuff, as he said, at SoundClick. Uh, I'll have the, the, the URL in the post with this radio show, so make sure you click on that. Um... That's about it. Coming up right after this, we will be chatting with John the Bull MacDessy, who's fighting at UFC 169. Please welcome to the show a man who is fighting on the UFC 169 prelims, Mr. John MacDessy. John, thanks for taking the time to do this, man. Hey, thank you for having me. Now, before we get to your fight, um, it was just the holiday seasons. Um, we had Christmas, we had New Year's, we had all that stuff. Were you able to partake in these fest- festivities with all the training that's gone on? Uh, I've been, uh, well, me, me personally, I, I always train all year round. I'm always trying to get improve in my in my game uh but uh you know i i, I trained uh i trained through the holidays i didn't really enjoy it. i didn't really enjoy it you know my mind is uh my mind and body is focused on the on the uh on the upcoming fight and just just trying to stay sharp you know what i mean and uh, but i did spend some time with the family this will be your first fight outside of canada since late 2012 um, which is sort of crazy. You fought in Canada your last three fights. Will it be a bit of a culture shock this time around, having to travel for your fight? Well, actually, the, the, the thing is for me is that I, I wanted to, to, to show, uh, you know, I wanted to you know, fight outside of Canada, you know, for my, uh, for, you know, just to get that, that exposure and uh, and, and to, to see, you know, just to get, uh, get more of a, a fan base, you know, and just to... Uh, so that uh, you know, to go to go to go to the states and fight there. You know, what I mean, I, at the end of the day, you know, just, just fighting in Canada was just more helping me with my preparation and uh, you know, with the team. You know, working with my different trainers. You know, now, uh, you know, just when you fly, you know, the thing is about uh, you know, when you when you 
fighting outside of uh, your country, it's just it's just more stuff. You know, I have to do a lot of paperwork, visa, I have to fly in trainers, I have to fly in my team. It's it just uh, you know, but there's like there's no difference. You know? For sure. Now you're set to take on Alan Nugget or Alan yeah. Patrick at UFC 169 in the featured bout on Fox Sports One. How much do you really know about this guy? It's only his second fight inside the octagon. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I never really, uh, I never really chose my opponents. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, obviously the UFC has the, they, they do the matchmaking and they decided, uh, they put me up, they, they told me that uh, they put me up against this guy. You know, I, I always tell the UFC, I'm, you know, whenever, I basically how it works is, uh, you know, I tell the UFC that I'm, I'm ready to fight. Like you know, whenever you guys need me, I'll, I'll fight. You know, to, to prove to prove myself. You know, and 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 uh, to to try to you know to to climb up the ladder, uh, to earn my stripes. So uh, they gave me that opponent. That's the opponent they gave me. Uh, I mean, Alan Patrick is the. Uh, what do I know about him? I mean, obviously I'm I'm aware of his uh, I'm aware of his uh, you know his background, the sense of uh, his style. You know, is very uh, you know. I know it's a dark type of thing, you know. You know, he's, uh, you know, I don't know much about him, but I do I, from the stuff I did study. You know, I take I take each opponent very serious, and uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm expecting, uh, I'm ex- accepting, expecting a, a good fight. You know. So, have you seen tape on this guy, or do you leave that to your coaches? Uh, no, no. I mean, my trainers. I'm aware. I tell my coaches, of course. You know, everyone's aware of who I'm fighting. But uh, I always like to. Um, I always like to just to see, you know, more or less uh, his body language and the way the, his style of fighting. But at the end of the day, I don't really rely on footages because, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you have to adapt on the fly. You know, you just have to adjust uh, in the moment. But uh, it's it just, just, it's just from eyes. But I, I don't really think about it too much. I just watch it and then I just uh, and then I just move on. You said that you you sort of leave it in the UFC's hands of who you fight next. With that being said, um, this guy it's only his second appearance inside the octagon. While you've been with the organization for for quite some time now, um, do you think you deserved a more well known, well recognized name than this guy? You know that's the mystery, right? That's to be honest with you. Uh, there's a lot of things that go through my head. You know, I'm I'm been dedicated to martial arts since age six. You know, my dream was my ultimate dream was to become a, uh, to be a champion and, and to be one of the one of the best fighters in the world. And uh, I did. I was very fortunate to, to you know, all my life just growing up doing martial arts. Never really knew how far I would go. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I reached uh, now. Obviously, I'm, I'm doing MMA and, and uh, I'm in UFC. You know, I did, I, I always dreamt of uh, you know fighting in a big organization. You know, regardless of which discipline. You know, as long as it was combat sports. You know, I grew up in combat sports and uh, you know taekwondo, karate, kickboxing, so sports. You know what I mean? And uh, that being said, I mean I, I honestly I really don't know. You know, I mean this is uh, you know I'm, I'm not an outspoken guy. I'm not I'm not I'm not one of those guys where where I'm gonna go and start trash talking and and try to call out guys. I I, I always try to you know. I always told myself, you know, I'm gonna let my actions speak louder than my words. You know, I, when I fight, you know, each time I fight, I, I always try to give a fans an exciting fight, and I, I try to showcase that I'm uh, I'm very different. You know, I mean, I, I have different skills than most people, you know, in the UFC, and uh, I, I truly believe in my skills. You know, and uh, I really can't say. You know, I, it's, I have no idea what what how, how it works. You know, I fight a guy who's has uh, 60 fights, then I fight a guy who has. Let me fight. No, it's not like it's not like boxing. That's for sure. You know, it's not like boxing where most 
more fighters to get built up, you know what I mean, or there's some type of progression. I really don't know, I'll be honest with you. This is something that I don't really, it's not up to me to decide, you know. I don't really, it's not It's out of my control. So you, 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 yeah, exactly. It sounds like you basically head to the gym day in, day out. You, you focus on your training and you let either your management or the UFC decide what happens for you. I mean, I mean, look, I work with a team, and you know, I have to have a trust. You know, I mean, if if I try to, if I try to, my characters, I gotta stay focused in the sense of, if I try to, like, I have, I work with special, I, I hire guys that I work with, you know, you know like, uh, I, I work with specialties, like wrestling guys, I work with jujitsu guys, I work with striking guys. You know, I try to get better in all aspects. You know, I have so much on my plate already as an athlete. You know, I have a lot of responsibility. You know, what I mean. So for me to, you know, I, that's why, uh, you know, I have a management team. You know, I mean, I have a management team, and uh, I, I, tr- I, I give the trust in the management and the UFC to, to, you know, more or less to, uh, you know, to, uh, I give them the, the, the benefit of the doubt. You know, to help me in the sense of, you know, I, I show them that, you know, I, I've proven myself, you know. Well, I proved myself already in the in in the cage that I'm an exciting fighter and I'm an entertainer. You know, what I mean, I go out there and I give an exciting fight. And of course, everybody wants to win, but for me, it's more about performing. You know, I want to go out there and perform. You know? Yep, yep. Now you are riding a three fight winning streak right now in probably the deepest division in the UFC, the 155 pound division. Um, with a win, it'll be four in a row. You obviously have to think you deserve a top ten opponent with a winning streak like that in a division as deep as, as the lightweight division? Yeah, like I said, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope to God that, um, I again, I'll have an opportunity to, to get to that title contention. You know? I mean, at the end of the day, all fighters strive to become a champion. Right? I hope so, you know? And so, uh, so my goal is to, uh, to, to, you know, to, you know, strive for that, you know, to get that title contention, you know, hopefully soon. Exactly. And really at the end of the day, you you got to have names in your head out there. I mean, you said you're not a guy who likes to trash talk. You let your actions speak louder than words. I understand that. But in this day and age right now, the people who are getting those top shots are the people who are calling guys out, like the Chel Sonnens. We saw Cole Miller do it last week. Calling, He's called out pretty much entire country of the UK with Conor McGregor and all those guys. Um, if you do get the chance to speak to Joe Rogan after this fight, is there a name that sticks out for you in the lightweight division? To be honest with you, really, I don't really have an, any name. For me, whatever whatever the UFC puts in front of me, I find that's 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 for me the uh, you know like like this is this is the thing right this is the thing right even like you know to call out names for me just that for me don't make no sense you know for me what what makes sense for me is is that my job is is my job is to to train and and to fight you know my job is not to figure out which name to call out that's the job of the UFC and my management team to to put that guy in front of me to get me to the next level to prove myself you know to be the best you get to beat the best so whoever is the best I want to let the UFC put in front of me you know if if it's a you know sometimes I don't need to talk you know if the media can talk for me you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's like I said the fight I fight I go I go to the fight you know I've proven myself you know I go I'm there to fight I don't I don't run away I, I don't uh, you know for me it's about skills. You know, at the end, it's about skills, and I showcase and I and I prove myself that you know I'm an I'm an exciting fighter to watch. You know, because I'm very unpredictable. I'm constantly learning each day. I don't know. You know, there's so many so many tools that I still didn't that, that I still didn't showcase in the fight. You know, so that's the thing, right? Well, let me ask you this: in a perfect world, visualizing, how would the bull finish the fight on February first? 
In a perfect world. In a, in a spectacular fashion. <laughs> this will be your first fight of 2014, and it is early in the year. If you're able to stay healthy, how many times would you like to enter the octagon in the calendar year? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always, I don't, I never take off, you know what I mean? Uh, having, I haven't been on vacation since 2011. Uh, I mean, I'm, if I can, I, I, I tell you this, for me, I'm going to stay active as much as I can, you know. If I can fight three, four times a year, it's, uh, that's pretty, pretty active, you know, considering the, uh, all the training and the, the cutting weight, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of and the stress, you know, a lot of, it takes a lot, it takes a lot from me, you know, so. I have to be smart about it if I if I want to have a longevity career. If I want to have a long career, I have to be smart. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, so, do you, you know I mean? so, do you think that with the amount of fight cards the UFC is putting on right now, that you will be able to fight more than you have in the past? Well, I mean, like at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I always look at it like this, right? Uh, there's only there's only one one bull, you know, and and there's only one like there's only like UFC. I, I know that UFC likes. Uh, want to see you know the fans want to see exciting fights all the, the all fans love confident strikers you know i'm a striker you know striking is not one dimension you know striking is many dimensions you know and, uh, and for me it's i know fans love strikers you know that's the bottom line it's a combat sport you know i mean it's not a jiu-jitsu sport it's not a wrestling match it's a, it's a fighting it's, a, it's a combat you know what i mean so so regardless of of, uh, of, of whatever the ufc is planning they they know that when I fight, I'm going to give an exciting fight. So I'm not worried about that. Let's move away from fighting a little bit. Um, your brother <laughs> and your clothing company, Fear the Fighter, seems to be on almost every other fighter inside the octagon these days. How crazy is it how fast this uh, company has grown? Yeah, well, I actually, my 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 brother, my older brother is... Uh, you know, ever since I got into the UFC and uh, you know all the uh, all the behind the scene, all the all the drama and everything, my older brother was always been behind my back. He's always been my backbone and superior supporting me. I decided to make my brother my manager, and uh, my brother he uh, he is a creator of uh, founder of Freedom Fighter, and that was inspiration. And just you know, one thing led to another. It was like a snowball effect, you know. My brother is uh, you know it was his idea, and uh, we, he started doing stuff and. Uh, I thought he was crazy, you know, to be honest. <laughs> I, I didn't know what the heck he was doing. And, uh, but, man, he's been doing great work. He's been doing great work. Uh, great team behind Free the Fighter. And uh, my, my brother is doing the brand, you know. And, uh, and the thing is, uh, you know, we, there's so many guys that my brother supports. You know, fighters, a lot of fighters that my brother supports. And, uh, it's nice because he's he he also he's supported us as well over here at MMASucker.com. He sent us clothing for our UFC viewing parties and stuff like that to give away as prizes. And and it's nice to see that he he doesn't only it's not only it's not all for him. It's it's he likes to give to the community from the looks of it. Well, I mean, I mean, look at J and D, right? It's, 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 you gotta, you gotta, in life, you gotta take risks, right? You know, to, to, to achieve greatness, you gotta do, you gotta do certain things, and also have, you know, good intentions. You know, my family, we're very close oriented family. We have big hearts. You know, my father, my brother is a family man. He has two kids, and he did a lot for his family. You know, and and, and uh, that's just his character. My brother's character is like, you know, my brother, he he, he loves to give. You know, he, he's uh, he's very he's very uh, my brother is very you know outgoing and he's very uh, he cares a lot and and uh, and that just shows to the, then that's and that's the thing you know what I mean like he he will do things that he my brother will do things that 
that sometimes, uh, you know, we'll maybe dig him a hole, but you know what? It's, at the end of the day, it's, that's his character. My brother, he, he doesn't look like that. He looks like, you know, he's building a brand and he wants to build a, and this is, this is his vision, right? My brother has a vision and, uh, just like I have, I have my vision, you know, that's the thing about us in the family. We're very, uh, stubborn, determined people. <laughs> when, 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 when we want something, we're going to strive for it. And the brand has, has, uh, been noticed as well by by the MMA community and and the MMA awards the the brand is nominated for the World MMA Award for best lifestyle clothing brand so congratulations on that yeah it's, uh, it's uh, when my brother told me uh, it's it very uh, it's amazing he's very happy very happy you know it's considering it's only been uh, not even uh, it's only been a year that we've been working on the fear fighter you know it's amazing now now also moving away from that did you have a chance to check out tough nations this past week it debuted uh, on Fox Sports One and Sportsnet Three Hundred and Sixty up here in Canada. Uh, I'll be honest, with you, I didn't get the chance, but I saw some highlights, and I'm very happy. With a couple of my few of my teammates that trained with me that are doing very well. So yeah, very happy. our guy from up here in BC who trains at TriStar now, Cajun Johnson, actually won on the first episode, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, Cajun Johnson is one of my. Uh, well, he hasn't been training now, but I trained. He was one of my good training partners. We we, uh, we trained a lot, and he's a great guy. Big heart. This guy is a true warrior. He uh, been through a lot of stuff. You know, I, I respect the guy a lot. He is John McDessie, and he fights at UFC 169 on February 1st. Thanks for doing this, John, and just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe. <laughs> Everybody's in the social media. I, I, uh, Facebook is basically, uh, you know, John the Bull, John the Bull McDessie, my fan page. Uh, you can check out some stuff. I got my website, johndebull.com. Uh, I got my Twitter is John McDessie MMA. And also you can check out some stuff. I, I put put some pictures up on Instagram. Uh, check out some stuff, uh, John the Bull McDessie. Thanks a lot, John. Good luck uh, in New Jersey on February 1st, man. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. John the Bull Macdessy. Canadian, his first fight in in four fights where he's going to be fighting away from Canada, away from home. Uh, he's always a fun one to watch, so make sure you check out his fight against Alan Nugget or Alan Patrick at UFC 169. It's the featured fight on the Fox Sports 1 portion of this fight card, so make sure you check that out. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be playing an interview that our own Callum Leslie had with Donald Cerrone. So sit back, relax, and enjoy that. And we'll be right back right after this. So uh, I was speaking to, to to Chris earlier, and he was telling me you had a, a bit of an adventure coming down to Chicago via Denver in your uh, in your RV. You want to tell us a little yep. bit about that? Uh, we went uh, hit the Bronco game on Sunday before we came up here, so we just drove up to the game and then just kept on driving out to Chicago. And uh, you're living out of your RV at the moment. Yes, correct. What is, you know? Does that affect your preparation at all? Because I know a lot of guys, you know. Are very particular about the way that they prepare and the way that you know what hotel they stay in. I'm, not, I'm fucking hillbilly, buddy. I'm not particular <laughs> about anything. Well, obviously, this fight coming up is your your second fight in two months. You fought at UFC 167, got the submission victory to get yourself back in winning ways. What, what kind of fight were you hoping for in your next fight? Shit, either way, 
quick knockout or go out there and burn it down. It don't matter to me. But uh, a lot of people were a bit surprised when they saw who you were fighting because it wasn't necessarily a, a name that immediately come, comes to mind, Adriana Martins, obviously only one previous fight in the in the UFC. Were you a little bit surprised that you weren't given maybe a, a top 10, top 15 fighter? I just told them I, want, I don't care. I just want to date. I don't care who I fight. Find me somebody that will take the fight and let's do it. So that's basically what they did. And what sort of fight do you think you're going to get out of, out of Martins from what you've seen of him? I think he's trying to, you know make a point so he's coming hard and which i want the harder he comes the better the fight's going to be so and uh obviously as i said you, you're fighting very quickly after your your last fight is that something you like to do you like to keep that momentum going and, and fight quickly I'm going, for five or six. I'm going for five or six this year so let's bring them on every two months come on <laughs> yeah you mentioned uh a couple of weeks ago that you were looking to to fight more often obviously because you said you were having some some financial issues that you'd you know you'd spent all your money i think basically was what you'd said uh, sure. what, what sort of prompted you to, to come public about that and sort of say to people, yeah, you know what, I, I spent all my money. Yeah, and I, I was just doing an interview and, I, and somebody said, talking about money, I said, yeah, I just need to fight because I'm broke. I was just bullshitting, but uh, fighting means more money, means I get to buy more shit, so I like it. <laughs> and you mentioned you were up seeing the, the Denver game. Uh, obviously, Benson Henderson is on this card as well, and his Seattle sure. Seahawks got through to the the AFC game. Is it going to be any banter between the two of you heading into that, that that Super Bowl? Oh yeah, we've been playing back and forth on Twitter already, so it should be fun. And you, and you think the the Broncos are going to come out on top? I do. I think so. <laughs> and what else are you? Are you know, are you obviously you're down in Chicago. You've had a a road trip down from from Albuquerque. How do, how do you prepare for fights? Like you said, you're you know, a hillbilly and you don't really have any particular preparation, you know. Are you the Tank Abbott from Barstool to Cage kind of fighter, or is there that's a little it, bit more to that's it? it? You got it. You got it. And uh, briefly on your, your last fight, obviously, back in November against Evan Dunham, um, you know, how do you feel about that fight looking back and, and getting that submission victory? Did that go the way you wanted it to? Sure. After that, like I said, I didn't care. I was just coming hard. didn't matter if submission, knockout, you know, fight of the night, whatever. Well, obviously, you were happy to get the bonus. Absolutely. <laughs> now, as you said, you're looking to fight a good few times this year. You know, you're currently ranked inside the top 10 of the UFC. Are you looking to get back into that title contention this year? And who do you think you would need to beat to get yourself 100%. That's the, that's the absolute goal, you know what I mean? But right now, I'm just fighting, working my way back up. One guy that uh, wants to fight you was uh, Mr. Cole Miller who made yep. the challenge after his last victory uh, over Sam Cecilia, invited you to drop down to 145. Um, apparently, he, he thinks you're not eating particularly well. I don't know what you thought about that. I have no idea. I don't. If I go to 45, Cole Miller will be the first person I fight, so he can have his wish granted. Is going down to 45 something you'd consider in the future? Sure, ab- absolutely, yeah. How how soon in the future would you maybe consider that for your your next fight after this or later on in the year? Or? Yeah, I mean it depends if they keep me busy at fifty five or if I need to go. I mean just it all depends. We'll see how it plays out. What what do you think of of a guy like Cole Miller that that goes and does all these challenges? I mean he called out Conor McGregor and the entire continent of Europe when he was in Manchester. He you know he talks a good game and gets himself attention. Talks cheap, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that is true. Another fight, you know, you, as I said, you, you, you're you happy to take fights. Uh, one guy in the lightweight division who's 
ranked pretty close to you. He's one place ahead of you at the moment, and uh, a lot of people seem to not be particularly enamored with the thought of having to fight this guy as uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. I don't know if that's I don't care. I will. I will fight anybody. Anybody. I will never turn a fight down. So, how's that sound? Is, are there no fights that you think you know that's a bad stylistic matchup for me, or he's Fair. a guy we could? Nope. Don't give it any thought. I'll fight any man. No reason to be scared or run away. <laughs> well, is there anything? I'll never you... turn a fight down. Never. Is there anything you want to say to the fans or tell them what to expect nope. on Saturday night? Just, just tune in. I'm going down. <laughs> Perfect, Donald. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks. The thing for the cowboy and many fans out there is that not many people know who Adriano Martins is. So it's sort of like a shot in the balls for Cerrone. Not, I mean, you you would think that this guy would get an opponent that, that's sort of a name's name. I guess many of them are tied up uh, with either fights or injuries. So they they got this guy for him, and and I'm sure he doesn't care because a fight's a fight. He he said before that he wants to fight as many times as he can over the next calendar year to get paid. So this one it should be good. It, it'll be a fun fight to kick off the Fox Sport or the the Fox TV main card, and uh, we'll see what happens. Next up, we have Darren Elkins versus Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Little Evil, Little Ethan Stevens against Darren Elkins. Both guys looking to make a, a stake in, in the featherweight division, so should be a good matchup. Uh, high-paced. I don't see either of them getting finished unless Stevens lands that bomb that he has. I, I think this one will go to the judges' scorecards, and, and someone will eke out a, a close decision. But in the co-main event... We got heavyweights, and I think someone is going to sleep in this matchup. Gabriel Gonzaga against Stipe Miocic. It it boggles my mind at how many people, fans, media, people on my Facebook, people on my Twitter, are all picking Miocic and counting Gonzaga completely out of this fight. How can you do that? We've seen what Gonzaga's done to past opponents. We've seen what Gonzaga's done to guys like Mirko Krokop when everyone was counting him out. He threw that highlight reel knockout. This guy not only has the power in his hands and his feet, but he's also got a ground game. He has a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's not going to take you down, but if the fight does go to the ground, there is no way you're stopping this guy from submitting you or pounding the shit out of you. So my pick is Gabriel Gonzaga. I'm going to go against the grain, and and you're going to have to just deal with it. In the main event, we spoke with Josh Thompson. Very fired up for this fight. It's a fight that he's got to win to to get himself up into that title picture. Benson Henderson, obviously, former title holder. Last loss. Hasn't been in the cage since Anthony Pettis. I'm not going to make a pick on this fight. I think it's going to be... An excellent bout. I think it's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, but I'm not going to make a pick. I'm going to let you guys do that. It's a close fight. Josh comes in at about a plus 225 underdog. And Henderson is a minus 200 favorite. So it's not extremely far off for the for the odds. Just one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to send uh, congratulations out to our Canadians. 
Um, I didn't. I don't think I mentioned it on last week's show, but Tough Nations kicked off last week, and our very own Vancouver boy, well, BC boy, Cajun Johnson, won on the debut episode to to put Team Canada at one and zero. And then this week we had Elias Theodore from Team Canada make them two and zero. So congratulations to the boys at tough nations obviously it's already been recorded but congratulations to those guys some other news we've got debuting this evening on thursday depending on when you're listening to this is the fighters it's a show that uh dana white is uh very excited about um he he's put it together with with uh who has he put it together with? He's put it together with <clears throat> producer Craig Pilligan, and it debuts tonight at 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Discovery Channel. It's an eight-part series which sees boxers, amateur boxers from rival gyms in Boston's Southie neighborhood, chosen to train for a week before fighting with the chance to sort of stay in the spotlight heading toward a pro boxing career. So... You might want to check that out. It sounds pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to check it out myself, actually. Um, Hopefully we get it up here in Canada on our Discovery Channel, because oftentimes the programming is a little different. Um, Announced for UFC Fight Night 37, Ross Pearson is out of his uh, lightweight battle against Melvin Gillard, so stepping in for him is Michael Johnson. That's unfortunate because... uh, Everyone wanted to see that Pearson-Glard fight again. Um, Alistair Overeem, uh, many people said that uh, are wondering what's going to happen. It's it's a big fight. It's a win or a go-home sort of fight against Frank Mirat at UFC 169. And it's sort of awkward. He's training in Thailand right now, and he's left the Black Zillions for this camp. He's training in Thailand but he is still managed by Authentic Sports, which is uh, Glenn Robinson's management team. Uh, if you had a chance, you can check out the full interview um, with Jake Shields over at MMASucka.com. We've also got, coming up tomorrow on Friday, our fight picks for Saturday night's fight. And we've got a little Donald Cerrone interview put up, the one from the one that Callum Leslie did transcribed over at MMASucker.com as well. Um, Alan Sturk put up his five questions. He did that with Dinesh John uh, for this weekend's UFC on Fox 10. So make sure you check that out. As always, you can check out MMASucker.com, MMAopinion.co.uk, and you can listen to Sucker Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere that podcasts are heard. With that... I'd like to thank my guests, Josh Thompson, Mikey Ruckus, John MacDessey, and Callum Leslie for doing the interview with Donald Cerrone. With that, I'm out. Joe, thank you so much. Richard, let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you, I'm going to shut it for you real quick. L-O-B. All right, before, and Joe, back over to you.